The views and opinions expressed on Smack My Pitch Up are those of the panelists and not those of GUI Network, their sponsors, or any of the properties mentioned. Listener discretion is advised. This podcast is rated R for violence, language, and nudity. Well, it's a podcast, so you won't see the nudity. I just do it to make the guest uncomfortable. In a world gone mad with unnecessary reboots, remakes, and sequels, only one podcast has the guts to make it even worse. This is Smack My Pitch Up. And welcome to another episode of Smack My Pitch Up, the podcast that reboots, remakes, reimagines, sequels, sequels, and adapts some of your favorite and least favorite properties from TV, film, uh, comic books, actual books sometimes. Uh, we are digging into, we haven't done a series in a while, and I'm really excited to actually be focusing on a series this time around on Smack My Pitch Up. Most of the time we end up doing movies, and most of the time those movies are from the 80s and 90s, uh, because that is... Well, at least my wheelhouse. <laughs> and uh, this is actually from the 90s. This is one of the most, if not the most popular TV series from the 1990s. Probably, yeah. I mean, it's right up there. If it's not number one, then it's definitely like two or three. Right. Uh, and with me tonight to help me pick apart this show and put it back together the wrong way. <laughs> as or been, the right way. Or the right way. Uh, we've got from Deeply Upsetting, Amy Bogart is here. Hi. Now, uh, what we are talking about, for without further ado, like it's a big surprise, it was on the name of the episode <laughs> that you clicked on God, to pay listen attention. to. It's really easy to figure out what we're doing here. We're talking, of course, Friends. Woo! The whitest TV show of all time. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, that will be something that we are going to be talking about here pretty shortly, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Oh, yeah. You kind of, it's like hand in hand with the conversation at this point. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's really been a major bone of contention as uh, there's a Friends reunion coming up. Right. Mm-hmm. That they're doing. And there's a lot of conversation about how different the 90s were as far as like representation and that right. conversation. And Friends is a good example of that. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you... We've talked about friends a little bit. You didn't really have friends growing up necessarily, but as an adult, you dug into it. Yep. So I was not allowed to watch it as a kid because I came from a super religious household. And uh, essentially, my mom got into the first episode where they started talking about premarital sex. And then also there was a lesbian on the show. (gasps) Spoiler alert. There's lesbians abound. There's lesbians. (laughs) Um, And so she like thought that it was sinful or whatever and stopped watching it. Um, So as soon as I moved out, essentially, and I had a friend who um, had all of the DVDs, I binged them. Um, And, you know, I'm in college. I was just like, fuck class. I'll just binge watch Friends because I had heard so many things about it. And, you know, it's especially at the time this was years and years ago. It was still really highly lauded Mm -hmm. and it hadn't really been as criticized as it is now. Um, And so I watched all of it. And honestly, I loved it. It was I was a super young adult, like 19, maybe. And it was exactly what I kind of needed at that time in my life. Just it's brain candy. There's nothing important about it. It's fluffy. Yeah, it's super 
super fluffy. Yeah, exactly. And then it's interesting kind of the ways that you see episodes differently when you watch them like years later. I think it's like that with all TV and movies and things from our youth. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's just it's good fluff and it has its issues that we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if something needs a more like modern reboot kind of thing that it would be this. not that they actually need to make it, but you know, this could use it for sure. Well, And that's the thing that there are so many other shows that followed a similar format to friends that happened before and after friends. Oh, so definitely. it's not like you would have to necessarily name it friends. Right. And right. That, that is a consideration that I thought of when uh, dealing with one of my versions as well mm-hmm. is that, before there was friends, there was Living Single. Right, exactly. And I've got to give props out to Living Single. I mean, Definitely. they were doing basically the same show, but they made a white version of it right. and called it Friends. Exactly. And Living Single Single was great. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And, you know, since then there's been, oh God, every, any number of shows that follow so that similar many. format. There was Happy Endings that you yep. turned me on to recently. Mm-hmm. And New Girl is another one. Yep. You know, that, there's so many that follow that same kind of formula. So yeah. Exactly. And then there are the ones that kind of fall into the same bad habits that friends do or did like Sex in the City. Very, very white girls on HBO, extremely mm-hmm. white and extremely uh, recent. So that was yeah. a really big um, criticism on that show. Because and, like, let's all learn from our mistakes in friends. Especially <laughs> when the show itself was really trying to be edgy and really and discuss a lot of important like political points and or social social perspectives it was and definitely just missing, trying <laughs> yeah missing some pretty major ones on yeah. that show <laughs> that is a flawed show for sure very that's flawed. a totally different conversation but it did give us adam driver so oh god bless that yes. beautiful oak tree of a man <laughs> <laughs> now for smack and pitch up if you're unfamiliar the basic gist is that we take a property film tv show what have you and we reboot remake reimagine it into uh whatever we feel like so we normally have a version that each one of us has come up with Mm -hmm. that is our real take how we think it would actually work as a remake or reimagining and then we have our remix version Mm -hmm. uh, which i'm still waiting on somebody listening to send in like a little plug for me to play where it's like remix or something please do it or else he's gonna keep saying that (laughs) remix Yeah, we don't want that anymore. We don't. We don't. We can do better. And speaking of doing better, that's what the remix is for, is to make it better. Take a different perspective, a different tone, a different approach to the property, and Mm -hmm. just kind of do it um, slightly differently. Yeah. And usually it's a complete tire fire, but that's the entire point of the show, really. That's the fun part, yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to like get through the regular one to get to the tire fire because it's a blast now i want to definitely just jump right in because uh, i think think a lot of a lot a a lot of this conversation i think before we can even get into the casting casting is how do you approach something like this where you can't do it the same way no you can't um it has to be a lot more realistic because there were things that were just really really glossed over we were talking about this when we were discussing doing friends on this show is the apartment situation. The, anybody I that's mean, been to New York. The fuck. The on. apartments are the size of that closet that Monica hides all her shit in. Right. Uh, <laughs> is that's the size of an actual New York apartment. Right, exactly. Not this massive place for somebody that when starting the show lived by I believe by herself at the time. Yes. And as like a low level cook, so probably made at that time maybe like twelve bucks an hour. Yep. Exactly. And afforded 
a in New York standards, especially in no- normal standards, that living room was fucking huge. Yep. And <laughs> there's no way in hell. Oh, no, not at all. So, you know, I wanted to be a little bit more realistic, but still have that light, fluffy, fun, you know, modern take on Friends. So that's the direction that I went into for my like straight reboot. Also, additionally, with their jobs, there was just this weird, well, we're, we're just going to give them a cooler job as time goes on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Monica then got an actual chef job and then she ended up owning a restaurant at some point. Joey got some like bit parts here and there and it was a funny running joke of him yeah. as a struggling working actor. And then he got Drake Ramore. Right. And then by the t- end of the series, he was like an action star, I think. Oh, yeah. He did do some action movies. That's yeah. true. But I mean, let's be real. The most egregious by far was Rachel. Rachel, <laughs> Rachel was had no experience nothing, in anything. anything. <laughs> and she worked, I think it was at Ralph Lauren she ended up working for. She worked for know. Ralph Lauren. She worked for a bunch of different brands as like an assistant buyer. And she did all kinds of stuff and just got these incredible incredible jobs like dream jobs dream jobs and then yeah. gets offered this incredible fashion position in paris and then doesn't take it for ross oh we'll get into that i fucking hate ross i know you hate ross and i really do look forward to you getting into that a little bit i hate ross so you're definitely approaching it from a more realistic perspective as far as like the kind of nature of new york living a little bit for the first one uh yes but it is not in new york it's in la in LA. It okay. is. Just because the most fun part about modernizing it was the modernizing of it and just trying sure. to think of the differences between what they would be doing now and most of it made sense to me to be in LA. Okay. So that is where I put my straightforward fluffy reboot. Okay. And I kept it in New York. I didn't even think about changing locations as far as where, but I definitely did have that conversation with myself about how you approach something like friends in a modern take. So right. like Monica as a chef, like that doesn't explain like a big apartment all that mm-hmm. much. But if she was say a YouTuber that had a cooking show. Is that what you did? That's what I did for her. <laughs> I love um, that. Is to have her own cooking show. <laughs> and uh, just little tweaks like that. Uh, Ross is, okay, Ross is still just like a, a was a paleontologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still just a big old goofy idiot mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Uh, smart idiot. Sure. Then Rachel, uh, I definitely kept her as like the leftovers from the original friends as being this like rich girl that never had any experience doing anything. Mm-hmm. And that is really where my focus is going to be as far as a character arc mm-hmm. for the show is there's a much more diverse mix of people that end up being her best friends that she kind of falls into because of running into her old old friend Monica. Right. And then kind of crashing with her. But it's not this, like, I have this huge apartment in this spare room that I don't do anything with that I just so happen to have. I guess you can just have it. Yeah. That's cool. No. No, it's like crashing on the couch and then, like, looking for a place that they could both live, like, fit in. Right. You know? And then working around her doing, like, food show things in the kitchen while she's, like, this self-important piece of shit to start. (laughs) Yeah. And so you have that dynamic of her being this kind of princess that has fallen from grace and then has to live in, well, some semblance of the real world. Right. And uh, and that's really where the development goes. Also, additionally, and this was incredibly important to me, mm-hmm. and I uh, have it as a, just in my, in my real take, mm-hmm. that initially in the scripts for Friends, uh, Joey and Chandler were a gay couple. Right, yeah. That lived across the hall. Mm-hmm. And I think... A perfect homage to the original concept, which I think would have been so much better. 
I think if they went that route, but it was also early nineties and right. I guess they figured that people weren't ready for it yet yeah. or whatever yeah. nonsense. So Joey and Chandler in the remake are full on gay couple. Love um, it. Although additionally that uh, Joey is a non, non-specific sexually as, as, uh, okay, yeah. is, is pansexual. Sure. And, uh, but they're not, they're not in an open relationship or anything. He, mm-hmm. uh, but, and Joey is just the same amount of like flirtatious as he was in the original show, uh-huh. but it's to everyone. Love that. If you're familiar with, uh, John Barrowman, mm-hmm. the, the actor. I might be. He played Jack Harkness in the Doctor Who series and his character was, was pansexual okay. in the series as well. And he hit on aliens men women didn't matter nice. he hit on everyone so <laughs> that sounds perfect and that sounds like joey in this yes. kind of format so joey is definitely going to be like hitting on fucking everybody i'm sure chandler hates and it. chandler still neurotic chandler mm-hmm. but just now neurotic gay chandler right. not a big fan of that at all right um and then the, but there's also that like joey's clearly prettier than him mm-hmm. so it's like him trying to like understand yep but and not all, be jealous all yeah, the time. Yeah, not be jealous all the time and have that, like, complex. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and also, yeah, uh, Phoebe is just one of those hipster chicks that just s- pulls like a Kramer. You don't know how she makes her money. <laughs> like, she might be an influencer. You don't know. Right. Like, she just always sends, to, like, never rich, never, mm-hmm. like, super well off, but, like, can get into all the clubs mm-hmm. without much trouble. Like, always on her phone. Nobody knows if she has a job or not. Right. Like, it's just up in the air. It's just like this, okay. Yep. Wears like really like fun, edgy clothing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so not new agey dits. Okay. More just kind of like social media uh, zombie hipster chick. Okay. For Phoebe. Interesting. Yeah. So, so that's kind of my approach to it. But um, now for a, we decided to kind of look at like producers and showrunners. Showrunner. As mm-hmm. uh, kind of a tone. So who do you have for your for your serious take for your showrunner? So funny that you've already brought it up. Um, I went with the showrunner from Happy Endings, uh, okay. David Casp or Caspi. And I thought that the reason that that would work out is that he's had a lot of, I guess, like failed pilots or failed like one seasons mm-hmm. since Happy Endings. Um, but the fans of Happy Endings are rabid. Yeah. It's a really cult following TV show. And if he could get his teeth into Friends, I mean, people would just be so, so psyched about it. Okay. And it is in a similar tone. And so for that reason, one thing that I know you love to do on this show is use actors that have been on. Sure. So I decided not to do that. Um, because it's such a similar tone to Happy Endings, because I'm keeping it that light, fluffy ensemble comedy kind sure. of thing, and I felt like unless I completely shoehorning Happy yeah, Endings, yeah, unless I completely put them in a character that maybe didn't make sense for them, so there is no one from Happy Endings in my. That cast. makes sense. That completely makes sense. I understand. You know, thank you for explaining that train of thought on. Yeah, because that is a fun thing that I like to do, but it also does need to make sense. Exactly. And. That is something that yeah is played with a little bit on one of my versions, but for my version, I decided to actually do a uh, showrunner duo, our okay. co-creators that have never worked together before, but they have run in like very close circles, okay, very uh, like kind of some overlap. That's a lot of the same types of actors that they would have uh, worked with in television before. One is a little bit more established, mm-hmm. and one is more i guess you could say up and coming that i'm really excited about as well yeah um that is alan yang 
Oh, I love Alan Yang. Who you may know as the co-executive producer of Parks and Rex. Uh, he was a consultant producer on The Good Place. He's the executive producer and uh, co-creator of Master of, Master of None, mm-hmm. uh, the show Forever with Fred Armisen and uh, um, Maya Rudolph. Maya Rudolph, I he did as well. Mm-hmm. And most recently, and I haven't had a chance to see it yet, he was, uh, I believe, the co-creator of uh, Little America, which is an oh, Apple really TV series that, that we really wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now- Parks and Recs, it seems like kind of a no-brainer to get somebody with that was involved in that process and wrote episodes. To... Oh, I toyed with Mike Scherer for sure. Yeah, and I was <laughs> thought th- I thought about initially just the creators to start with, but mm-hmm. I wanted somebody. Masters of None is really what kind of informed it mm-hmm. because Masters of None really is about uh, diversity of the city yes. and like the backgrounds and how that affects your interactivity with each other. And 100%. that's really what I wanted to es- explore with my version. Is that's smart. New York is diverse and a massive mix of cultures and ideas and identities, and I wanted that to be represented in this version of Friends. So, right. uh, to pair with Alan Yang, who would be more the whimsical approached kind of version of that conversation, mm-hmm. I wanted somebody that has maybe a like slightly harder edge okay. to that conversation. And this, of course, with no laugh tracks or anything, I decided to get uh, Issa Rae. Oh, love that. Uh, who is involved with Insecure, uh, Lovebirds, the movie with... Mm-hmm. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani. K- Kumail, and uh, Black Lady Sketch Show as yep. well, mm-hmm. involved with that. Uh, produced, executive produced on like all those shows, is incredibly funny, a uh, very smart writer, and I think would be a very interesting pairing to go oh, with... dream duo. Yeah, yeah Alan Yang. And, that. and so... It also like there's kind of different perspectives that both of them are coming from, but it is speaking to the same conversation. So I think it would yeah. be really interesting to see what they could do together. That's a super cool idea. Yeah, yeah I really like that. All right. So for your cast of characters here, yeah. I mean, I, this is so exciting. This is probably one of the more fun, like mental exercises that I've had with yeah. putting together a cast list for a property. Yes. All right, so let me get into it, and then I'll kind of explain my characterization a little bit. First off, are there any whites? Yes. Okay. <laughs> there are some whites. Some whites. There yes. are indeed some whites. Okay. Um, one of the main changes that I wanted to do because I hate Ross, like I've mentioned, and that I will mention. So just a forewarning to all the Ross apologists out there, <laughs> I will be mentioning how much I hate Ross, and I hate Ross and Rachel as a okay. couple. I can't stand them. Um, so they are both gay. And (laughs) (laughs) just completely taking that out of the window. I 100% am. And um, I did want them to be played by out queer actors. So that representation is out there. So I'll start with Ross. Um, Ross, I have him as a doctor of art history instead of paleontology. Okay. And he can't find a job. Um, but he still makes everyone call him doctor, <laughs> even oh, though he has no position at all. Yep. And is just kind of bouncing around um, and having a lot of like dating woes. And that's kind of how I saw his storyline is a little bit less about his career. Like that part's more of a mystery where it's like, did you get a job yet? And that's like the running joke. Yeah. And more about him just like trying to find a partner um, and being super neurotic like he is on the show. Um, and so I cast him as uh, Zachary Quinto. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I felt like they had a similar vibe. Well, And that's interesting because there's something that I just kind of did naturally with my selections. And mm-hmm. I think you might have ended up doing as well is that I didn't cast really a whole lot of like early 20s. No, I actors. didn't either. I ended up with like early to mid 30s. But th- I think that conversation is more relevant nowadays than it was in the 90s i think so my wilder cast um is a completely different age group they're more like 
mid 30s to mid 40s. Okay. So I said I really said fuck it to the age range thing. Um, and there were a few people that I had to look up their age because I wanted to cast them. And the the main one that I decided was Rachel. I really had to look up this person's age because mm-hmm. it was in my head. And then I was like, oh, she's pretty young, but she's actually not as young as I recalled. Sure. Um. So my idea for Rachel is that I she's also like a rich kind of spoiled brat who I think I set mine. I set mine with everybody a little bit more successful except for Ross. So like the struggling to find a job thing Mm -hmm. isn't really as much of a storyline in my idea. It's more what they're doing next and now and kind of like the trials and tribulations of their like stupid L.A. jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Rachel is starting from the bottom and she is Khloe Kardashian's personal assistant. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. And she is also in love with her. (laughs) And Khloe is going through a divorce famously. And so this is like the time that she's trying to like shoehorn it in and be like a real shoulder to cry on because she's been in love with Chloe for the like years that she's had this terrible job and that's why she stuck around um and so I wanted somebody who could do really great comedic timing and also play a little bit meek um because I think that'll be an interesting twist for Rachel in Mm -hmm. this kind of role and so I cast um Aaliyah Shawcat Aaliyah Shawcat she was maybe in Arrested Development okay um, yeah and she's done a lot of kind of like um independent movie she did one called duck butter recently which was like a um really intense like uh female love story um and then i loved her episode of broad city because she looks exactly like alana glazer where they play um like they fall in love with each other for a brief moment kind of thing and they realize they're the same person so that was i think kind of my inspiration is that she did like a funny and sexy but she can also do um a little bit more meek and you know, longing. Sure. Um, and so that's where I went with that. Um, for Monica, my dear for Monica is that she has money because she is the head chef at a Guy Fieri restaurant. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and she hates it. Oh my God. <laughs> but the money is so good. <laughs> so she can't leave. <laughs> She's the only one that knows the secret ingredients to the donkey sauce. She does. And oh, it no. haunts her. Oh no. <laughs> every night. And she knows that the food is below her, but it's too good. The money is too good. And she has like a really, really great apartment. And so what is she going to do? You know, and now she has Aaliyah Shawcat being there with her, like Khloe Kardashian money, which you know is nothing. No. She's not paying her anything. So wait, wait, you're telling me that a classically trained chef would look down on Southwest chicken taquitos with a picante <laughs> gravy? I mean, she might. She just she might. might. So I don't know. Um, but for that, I... This was an interesting casting. This was the last thing that I cast. Okay. Um, because I really wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go in. And so I wanted somebody who had like the type of soothing presence that Monica doesn't. She's extremely intense usually. Mm-hmm. And this person can give that intensity, but also a lot of like really great comic relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also kind of be like the head of the show, like the more sane one out of everybody. Okay. Um, and so I cast Rachel McAdams. Okay. Because I feel like she can do layers really, really yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. And she'd be able to play to the comedy of a fucking Guy Fieri restaurant. Also, I would love to see a scene with her and Guy Fieri. <laughs> I feel like that, that's really important to me. Also, it was a conversation that came up in uh, com- in interviews mm-hmm. with Eurovision about Rachel McDad- McAdams that a lot of people forget she got her start in comedy. In comedy, yeah. She so did. she can definitely play the comedy part. Oh, she yeah. just doesn't get those roles a lot. No, anymore. Not at all. All right. So for Joey, what I was thinking is that 
Uh, Joey is an influencer. He's like a social media influencer. I knew that both of us were going to have some yep. kind of influencer thing going on. Yep. And rather than the soap opera, he got like his big break from a trashy reality show. Um, and so oh, no. rather than trying to like rally to get back on the soap opera like the original Friends, he just does all of those really shitty reality shows with prior reality stars on them. You know what I mean? Where oh, it's like, yeah. The Love House, all of these people from all these different shows um and so yeah he's just trash (laughs) but he's still a cute dummy and i wanted to keep that the same because joey is so pure yeah and uh somebody that i would really just love to see as the cute dummy is uh michael b jordan so that is who i cast because i mean we all know he's cute and he could definitely i feel like he could play it up um and i would just love to see it honestly okay (laughs) okay just for my own fantasies (laughs) and where i cast i cast for my fantasies as well good good yeah last but not least for phoebe I was thinking that Phoebe, instead of being a masseuse, she is a tarot card reader and she is absolutely terrible at it. Yep. And she's still trying to get her music career off the ground. And so she's had a YouTube channel and then she had a Vine, which was really tricky because she had to do seven second songs or whatever. And now she has a TikTok and she doesn't understand why she's still not getting the followers that she feels like (laughs) she deserves. But she's putting in a lot of time and effort. Um, And so for that, I cast Aquafina. (laughs) Uh, uh, perfect yeah. i love that i absolutely <laughs> love that casting that is a great yeah. choice <laughs> thank you and that's that all right i uh, made some choices here so we've got alan yang and Issa Rae as the uh, showrunners of this mm-hmm. and so i figured you know with the kind of approach that i'm trying to do where it's not a laugh track it's more if we were to choose shooting style it would be kind of the same way that say shameless is shot where it feels okay. like not necessarily documentary style mm-hmm. but you know it's it's the the humor is allowed breathing room to exist on its own it, it's not informed by a laugh track or by like a kind of right. moment there <laughs> it's not like it's it's not a real 90s style sitcom anymore this sure. is more a modern take so mm-hmm. but i still wanted it to be very funny but monica has that kind of unhinged a little bit yeah tone to her and i think you know with Issa Rae being one of the showrunners it's not a bad idea to have her as monica oh i love that yeah so i, I mean She's got some real like she's got that thing when you walk into a room where it mm-hmm. just fills up the entire room. She has that kind of attitude. And Definitely. I think she would be able to really nail that as Monica. And uh, then for her brother, uh, Dr. Ross Geller, mm-hmm. I wanted somebody that looked at least close enough that you could like say, yeah, I guess they're related. Kind okay. of vibe, mm-hmm. But also somebody that can play the like awkward, geeky scientist guy yeah. a little bit. And uh, also a little older than Issa Rae because he's the older brother. And that's kind of the running thing with Ross and Rachel is that he's like the older brother that like had a crush on his sister's friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, an actor that I've come to know and love from a series that Alan Yang was actually involved with. Mm-hmm. I decided to get a gentleman that played uh, Chidi Onogonye from The Good Place, uh, William Jackson Harper, to play Ross Geller. That's good casting, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I That's think really good casting. He wouldn't play it like Ross was played in the original, but mm-hmm. he would still be kind of that archetypal, you yeah. know, geeky, geek with a good heart, but yeah. like awkward socially kind of character. Fuck. I always forget that I'm playing in the big leagues when I go. <laughs> smack my pitch up I'm just like I don't know I'd love to see fucking Michael B. Jordan take his shirt off and take Instagram <laughs> pictures and you're like I've put in nuanced thought <laughs> well you say that and then my next <laughs> casting is Rachel Green okay and uh, it's as simple as this as Rachel Green is the like the 
stereotypical privileged white girl that mm-hmm. came up from a you know relatively well-to-do family, never had to worry about money or getting any, a job or anything like that, and now is kind of thrown into it. Yeah, and uh, kind of leans on on Monica to kind of get her get back on her feet, right. and so it's like comedy of errors of her trying to act like a real human person for the first time in her yeah. life. And then awkward Ross, like being attracted to her and like wanting to help and not yeah. really knowing how to do it. <laughs> and uh, for my own personal wants and desires and fuck all of you, this is my version. I can do whatever I want and oh, you're not in charge of me. I'm terrified. Uh, Kristen Bell is Rachel Green. Shocking. Because fuck it. The Shocking. good place. I want them to be together forever. I know. And I, if I can make them together <laughs> it's different characters in another show. I fucking will because they were adorable and I loved them. They really were. And I'll even find an excuse to put, uh, I was going to put him, uh, say, cheaty, uh, put Ross in a post- postal worker costume <laughs> for no that reason. That was incredible. For yeah. a Halloween episode or something. Fuck Definitely. It. it was a little, little callback. Yeah, a little yeah. wink. Mm-hmm. Wink. <laughs> so that's my, you're like, oh, such a nuanced take on it. I was like, no, fuck it. Kristen Bell because I love them in good place. Yeah, that's a lot because of. Because I want to cry again. I want to cry again. <laughs> So, yeah, fuck it. Kristen Bell is Rachel Green. And also, I think she would do fun in that role, too. She would. Yeah, she would. Then we move on to Joey Tribbiani. Now, Mm -hmm. this was a very difficult one for me. Really? This was because um, with the way that I changed the characters of Chandler and Joey, Mm -hmm. I wanted uh, an actor that could play like the like very flirtatious and not and that nuance of like a little gay, but still like interested in women and that kind of like balance between the two and mm-hmm. i ended up going with a actor who is mixed mm-hmm. and also gay great and, and played very masculine roles in okay. in uh different properties and i think the way he talks sometimes especially in in one of the properties that he was in he has this like very hello how are you like he lives in a world as drake ramore okay <laughs> kind of vibe yeah and that is uh Wentworth Miller. If you're unfamiliar with him, he was the main character in Prison Break back in the day. Okay. And then also since then, he plays uh, Captain Cold or uh, what is it? Uh, Leonard Snart on Legends of Tomorrow and The Flash as I well. I don't know any of these roles. <laughs> I have okay. no idea who that is. I'm going to have to look it up afterwards. I'm just I'm just pointing uh, emotionally to all the listeners that are like, yeah, man, good call. We know who that is <laughs> exactly. And that's a great choice. I'm sure it play was. Joey I Tribbiani. support you. Yeah. I just am unfamiliar with those, but I'm sure it's great. The name Wentworth is extremely strong. <laughs> you like his actual name, first name, yeah. <laughs> Wentworth Miller. Uh, from Prison Break, he was the guy with the shaved head. He has a very strong jawline. I can honestly say I've never seen a single episode of Prison Break. That's fair. That's Did they fair. get out? He, uh, they they broke the prison, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I think a couple times. If I remember correctly, he broke out of prison a couple times. I should really get into that. <laughs> right. <laughs> So now for his partner, mm-hmm. you have him as like the the struggling actor that's mm-hmm. trying to get going and uh, is kind of very flirtatious and open and, and wide open extroverted type of personality. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the Chandler Bing character who I'm definitely leaning on that like dorky, neurotic kind of vibe. Yep. And with Alan Yang being one of the showrunners and part of my inspiration being Master of None, mm-hmm. I thought it'd be really fun to have... Chandler being played by Aziz Ansari. That's amazing. 
I realized I forgot to tell you who my Chandler Bing was. I just oh, skipped who's, right over who's his bitch ass. Well, I kept him the same where nobody knows what he does for a living. And he is just like the same character, super neurotic. Um, and I cast John Mulaney. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, moving right along. <laughs> just need to shoehorn no, it in fair there. Enough. Uh, then, then I'm down to Phoebe at yep. this point. And this is, you know, n- nobody's really quite sure what she does. Um, she's kind of like a hipster chick. She's mm-hmm. on her phone all the time. Uh, not not really an influencer because Monica would know if she was an influencer. Right. Only fans. But, <laughs> but that's kind of kept on the down low. She mm-hmm. seems to have all the free time in the world. Never right. seems to have to go to work or do anything, but always seems to have money. Only fans. Yep. yep gotta be. Totally makes sense. And it's funny. You actually brought up the actress that I'm getting to play uh phoebe oh yeah in this uh and it's because she's wonderfully funny mm-hmm. super weird and just kind of wide open at times mm-hmm. and i think would have so much fun with this version of phoebe phoebe buffet okay uh lana glazer nice as yes. uh, phoebe absolutely from Broad City. yes i adore her me too she is fantastic and i think her playing just kind of the the weird one mm-hmm. of the group would be so much fun for her. Yes, absolutely. So that is my uh, my real take. That's amazing. On that. yeah. I think we did. We had some fun with this. For we sure. did. Oh, I'm ready for the the weird version for sure. And but also like I really do kind of want to see this. Uh, there's a lot of things that we tend to reboot or remake on Smack My Pitch Up where it's just for fun. Yeah, it's a mental exercise. We never really want Back to the Future to be remade. You know, right? That kind of thing. Exactly. But. In this case, even though fam- uh, Friends is beloved, mm-hmm. you could do another version of it. Maybe even just like same archetypes, but change the names yeah. and then do a, a modern take on it. Mm-hmm. And not, and it would be interesting. I mean, yeah. I, this format works. Definitely. And the, my real version, I think both of our versions, I would really enjoy checking oh, out. Oh, I would watch the hell out of them. Yeah. For sure. So now we've got our remix versions. Mm-hmm. And this this is always where it gets super weird. Yep. Is there a different approach that you're doing to this one? Or yes. You, okay. Uh, this is going to be very dark. Um, okay. It's definitely a whole other take where everything is kind of in the same, I would say, stereotypes for each character. Sure. That stayed the same. Um, looks kind of went out the window for some things. I'll get into it. Um, but it's definitely going to be dark. And what I wanted it to be was I was trying to think of a show that was extremely dark and dealing with some heavy subject matter, but with moments of levity that just kept it in that perfect, delicate mm-hmm. balance. Um, and the show that really nails that balance for me is Barry. Oh, where Barry. They're yeah. dealing with some super heavy shit, but there's just, they keep you right on that fine line where it's tense, but then there's still something funny, and there's so characters that too. are specifically there for levity. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some moments where you're like, oh, whoa, didn't see that coming. Um, and so I figure, you know, if we're looking at Barry, so my showrunners are Barry showrunners, Bill Hader and Alec Berg. Okay. I like mm-hmm. that a lot. So I'm assuming Bill Hader's in there, and I can only guess, guess what role he's going to be. But uh, <laughs> what I'm, do you think? I'm into that. Um, I think he would probably be the uh, either Ross or Chandler. He's definitely not Joey. No. Um, <laughs> I'd say probably more Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get into okay. it. We'll get okay. into it. So me. Yes. I thought at one point, and I had mentioned the idea of just giving it to the living single. You uh, did, creator, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because. 
this was friends was such a ripoff of living single anyway mm-hmm. why not just like the just desserts of right of the showrunner getting friends to remake would be just delicious yes it would be so good but i as much as i love revenge casting mm-hmm. i decided to go a totally different direction and kind of like the opposite direction where i started thinking about if friends was to be rebooted mm-hmm. most likely it's because nbc was trying to cash grab Mm. And had no real interest in it being good necessarily. They were just going for ratings mm-hmm. based on the name. And then I started playing with the idea that if there were a bunch of producers that were looking at one of the most successful sitcoms of all time mm-hmm. and rebooting it, how they would cast it. Mm. Uh, just like the the faceless producers of, you know, of television, right. not like actual creatives. And it started looking like with sports let's say when there's the all-star games where it's like the best players that you could possibly get Mm -hmm. that play together, but the game sucks because they don't (laughs) have any real like connectivity to each other. There's Mm -hmm. no natural like flow. Right. And I kind of decided to cast it that way where it's like the all-star game of a sitcom. Okay. And it's just producers that don't know the first fucking thing about what they're doing. Wow. Just being like, well, there's a good, they're good on that one show. Why not uh, get, yeah, get them, put them in the, I don't know, that role. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so it's just fucking nonsense. I feel like sometimes that's how my casting is. <laughs> <laughs> but for that, I figured if you're going to get, you know, the, the greatest hits, uh, then uh, as far as a showrunner goes, you mm-hmm. get the person responsible for some of the uh, weakest uh, shows that have ever been out. Um, also, one that I do like, but we're talking about the uh, showrunner for Two and a Half Men, yep. Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I knew that's what you're going to do. Young Sheldon. <laughs> and then, strangely, because I do like this show and it's on Netflix, Kaminsky Method. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I had no idea. I, I thought you were going to tell me you loved Young Sheldon. <laughs> Young Sheldon. I just, there's some personal connection that I have to Oh, the nuance. No, uh, I think most of these shows are garbage. I, yeah. they're, they're, I, I'm not as hateful on Big Bang as a lot of other geeks are, but it's not my favorite it's yeah, it's, it's got some problems but you know I, i'm not as much of a hater but still like there's <laughs> but two and a half men can suck my balls yeah. i hate that 100%. show with every ounce of my being it's fucking stupid um mom is just boring. i don't even know what that is that's got anna ferris and uh oh who else isn't it it's Anna Ferris, can we just talk about Anna Ferris for a second? She's so much more talented than the work that she definitely, is given. Definitely. Like she's so fucking funny and it makes me mad. And she just does not get to do it. She <laughs> I'm ends up fired up being in like the parody movies or like Mom, which is just the most garbage nonsense sitcom where it's like mom was like a former addict and she has to like live with her daughter and she's like better now. So it's just like all reference to things that are edgy, but nothing edgy is actually happening in the show. Oh no! And then it's just like, but mom, what about that time that you left me at the gas station? <laughs> bah, ha 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 ha! No. Yeah, it's fucking terrible. What? It's fucking the worst. I feel like I have to watch an episode of Mom now. <laughs> it's so fucking bad. <laughs> it's awful. So Chuck Lore, okay, uh, yeah, or Lori mm-hmm. is uh, the showrunner for this version yikes. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so big Ooh. yikes energy. So if you would be so kind as to start us off with your cast list I here would, for, for the sure. uh, for the Barry showrunners. Yeah, the dark the dark friends. Dark friends. So dark. basically in dark <laughs> Nope, no. Let's not call it that. That's moving right along. That's not how we're doing that. Nope. All right. <laughs> All right. So um 
oh i don't think i've mentioned this yet but um fuck ross so yeah. ross is a serial killer nice <laughs> yeah okay um he kills women specifically wow okay yep absolutely um and that's bill Hader. perfect <laughs> yep yep um so for his sister what i was thinking for monica is that she is adopted and she has always been an overachiever, as you know, sometimes happens with kids that are adopted. Sure. Um, and she has become a top detective and she is hunting the female, like the lady killer around town. Wow. And it's Ross. Um, but she doesn't know <laughs> that yet. And we all know it. And, you know, it's it's the tension of the show sure. is that she keeps getting closer and closer to finding Ross. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted someone who has fucking the since this is like the big mystery of the show monica had to have like the most gravitas honestly she had to really be the leader of the show sure and i needed somebody that could be intense but could also have moments of levity um and so i cast uh cynthia Erivo, who we've seen in see when you don't write things down you play yourself that movie where the um they're all in the el camino El, El Royale. El Royale. They're all in the hotel. Oh, the, 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 yeah, at the, at the El Royale. Yeah. Thing. She's yeah. originally from Broadway from the color purple. And she also played Harriet Tubman in Harriet. Okay. Um, she is an incredible actress and I feel like she's blowing up right now and I would love to see her as Monica. <laughs> Just think okay. that would be really fun. She does have like a strong presence too. Really strong presence. Um, and I can see her being that, that like overachiever type for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Rachel, uh, I wanted her to be spoiled and rich. Um, but okay. Remember scream. Remember how <laughs> are we, <laughs> are we going, we're going down a mem- memory lane here? <laughs> yes. Take like, a, take you remember a, scream. I want like soft guitar playing in the background. <laughs> take ding, a moment ding, with ding, me. Ding. Do we all remember scream? And Drew Barrymore was at like the height Join of her me, game. Won't you? <laughs> Please. She was at the height of her game yep. and then she got killed right away. And sure. everyone was like, what the fuck? So Rachel is going to re-enter everyone's lives and Ross, you know, had feelings for her in his younger years. And so he kills her in episode one. Wow. Rachel is not there anymore. Holy and shit. So sorry. I really do apologize. Um, but it's Kristen Bell. No. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't, I don't, know. Don't murder my girl. I thought it was so funny that you were like, I could see her as Rachel. And I was like, me too. But not for long. <laughs> not for long. You monster. <laughs> I know. Dax Shepard is going to have some words for you. <laughs> I think she would think it was so hilarious. She gets to come on screen, be a fucking bitch for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then get murdered <laughs> by fucking Bill Hader Ross. I love that for her. Okay. That's really funny. But I still. Know. I know. I know. Okay, so for Chandler, what I was thinking for Chandler, and this specifically went with my casting. So I cast Penn Badgley, who is the main character on You, that show okay. where he's like a super stalker, stalker like, guy, yeah, creepy murderer, and that's what he's the most known for right now. Even though he was on the fucking Tour de Force Gossip Girl for a million years, <laughs> but everyone kind of knows him as You, and he's incredibly creepy on that show. Really yeah. great. So what I want for him is I want Chandler to be the only one that's like super, super nice and normal. And people all find it weird. Like it's off-putting that he's so nice. And so he is the number one suspect as the lady murderer. Oh, no. But he's actually very sweet. But I thought that that would be really fun to play someone who in the common 
I right now is, is a creep. Yeah. But he's totally innocent. And then you get all those conversations from the other tenants in the building. Like, it's always the quiet ones. It's always exactly. the nice ones. It's exactly. always the ones that you don't expect. Where they're like, is he full of shit? Why is he so nice all the time? And in the meantime, like, Ross is sharpening his teeth with exactly. a file into fangs. Yeah. You know? Exactly. A hundred percent. He's wearing Rachel's jewelry. Just, like, right. out and about. <laughs> For Joey, what I wanted to do is I didn't go into, like, the hot dummy as much um just more of like a true sweet sweet little idiot um and so joey hosts a pulpy ghost hunter tv show and he believes every single thing in the script even though they're like no joey it's fake and he's like no it's not (laughs) um and so you know what fuck it you only live once so i cast jordan peele okay (laughs) because i would just love to see him play that be like all of a sudden there's a key and peel skit in the mm-hmm. middle of this other tv show yep yeah um and then last but not least we have phoebe and she runs a cult <laughs> that she is trying okay. to get everyone to join throughout and that's just kind of like one of the running gags is that you don't see a lot of it it's less insidious you know that there's like cult behavior but she's just always trying to reel everybody in um and she's still very crunchy and you know very phoebe mm-hmm. um and so she is being played by sarah paulson okay mm-hmm. definitely yep and that's my casting. Sarah Paulson, the dark thriller version of uh, of Lisa Kudrow. Exa- yeah. Honestly, she is, though. <laughs> she is like her evil twin. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right, so my version, mm-hmm. this is just like, buckle up, because the whole point of this- It's a garbage fire. <laughs> is this, is this casting that I did here mm-hmm. was basically a giant middle finger to like the producers and execs in from television and film mm-hmm. that- fuck with a property because of some kind of like some polling they took or something Mm -hmm. or whatever or just like their kid thinks that so-and-so should have a dog so that they have a dog and Mm -hmm. they don't they're not creatives and they're living in a creative space and not letting creatives be able to make their own art right and it's bullshit and even when it's something as fluffy as like a light-hearted laugh track fucking comedy sitcom Mm -hmm. fuck you stay the fuck out of it let creatives do their thing yep and this is uh, just those executives hiring on Chuck Lorre being like, you've made a bunch of great stuff. Uh, we're going to give you like all the money to make this like better than the original. Yeah. And then having no real plot, no idea how to put it together the right way with mm-hmm. the wrong people playing the wrong roles. And yep. this is what we're dealing with now. So for Monica Geller, um, we're going to start off with, and this is going to sound like the greatest hits of like rom-coms and, okay. uh, and yeah. sitcoms and stuff. I decided to get Rachel Bloom for Monica sure. Geller, who is mm-hmm. uh, the lead in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, mm-hmm. is what she's predominantly known for. Yep. And so she can play the neurotic. She can mm-hmm. play fucking getting herself into weird, funky situations. Yep. Wacky. Wacky. Yeah. Then for, and I don't really have to spend a whole lot of time with these choices because. Because they're not like, like nuanced choices. Yeah. They, there was probably a short list put in front of these producers being like, here's actors that have done stuff in popular sitcoms and are like, uh, that one, that one, that one, and that one. Cool. Right. Cool. Fucking go. Mm-hmm. And so for Ross Geller, the brother of Monica Geller, obviously, I decided to go with uh, Johnny Galecki. No. Yep. As it's a Chuck Lorre uh, yeah. thing. And Chuck Lorre actually cut his teeth early on as a writer on Roseanne. He did a few episodes of that. Oh, interesting. So he has been involved with uh, Johnny Galecki mm-hmm. for a very long time. He's playing Ross? He's playing Ross. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Why not? Yep. Fuck it. Fuck it. I'm just picturing <laughs> friends 2020. I'm picturing like one ex- executive just like on a bender, like mm-hmm. a cocaine bender, just being like, and you know what? Fuck it. Let's do- get Johnny Galecki in there. Fuck it. Let's do that shit. Like right. Chuck and Chuck's like, I don't. That's right. That's fucking right. Let's go. What's next? You know, just fucking going for it. So Chuck Lorre in this is like coked up. No, no, he's dealing with a coked up executive that he's terrified of. Oh, okay, got it. I'm not even putting the hand on Chuck Lorre. Got it. Okay, cool. It's a it's some executive being like, we're doing this, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh fuck. Okay, how much did you say you're paying me? Uh, Then we've got Rachel Green. And this is how they're going to try to like play it is that they're trying to diversify the cast a little bit. Okay. By getting a non-white in there. Wow. To play uh, Rachel Green. Okay. They're like, no, see, we're, we're, we've, we're hip. We're with the we've times. We've heard the criticisms we have of the last one. changed out one character to a not-white character. Okay. <laughs> so it's a totally different style of show. Yes. And that's going to be for Rachel Green, America Ferreira. Wow. For, Haven't seen her in a while. <laughs> and well, no, she's been in Superstore, which is actually Oh, I forgot real, about yeah. Superstore because and of course, I didn't get into it. I couldn't really It's not a bad show, but it's kind of meh. I found it very bland. Yeah, it is kind of bland and great actors in it. I know. Well, that's why I literally forgot it existed. Yeah. For a second. Of course, Ugly Betty and Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants as well. See, Ugly Betty, roster. once you peak, you peak. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it would be fun to put America Ferrera in there and then just do kind of the opposite of what the intention was, is they're like, we're we're throwing some ethnicity in there and mm-hmm. we're like making it more diverse. And then just all the jokes are like really borderline racist yeah. jokes <laughs> about her, her ethnicities. I can see that. And like, you know, her dancing around with like a fucking sombrero or no. something just so wildly tone deaf. She always has a different sombrero with her at all times or, or something. she has stories of like the old country or some fucking Oh my god. Non- that, you know that <laughs> that do. kind of shit they throw in, in shows too. I do. That bullshit. Oof. And, and then like she, you can get a guest star and it's gonna be like I don't know, some like well known like Hispanic actress that comes in and like is her like aunt or sister or right. something that comes in and guest stars and yep. like, oh my god yeah penelope cruz is yep. here you know? uh-huh. <laughs> Completely. And then it's like ooh, it's saucy latin fire and all this sh- <laughs> no fucking yo no I, I wanted to get like that that level of like it's not directly racist in no. that it's like being negative it's more just being mm. so ignorant to anything that's not so white stupid that you think that another person's culture is your like interesting thing to look at oh, you kind of god mood, i can so. totally see it where it's like this thursday night i caramba yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh like, no <laughs> like taco tuesday jokes and oh, shit definitely. like just the fucking worst of the worst mm-hmm. in there and yep. uh and then america Ferrera just like counting her money <laughs> yep. being like I I did sell out. Like yeah. I'm such a piece of trash, but damn it, I'm comfortable monetarily now. Yep. Um. I I I don't want that for her. I, I don't I, either. Then Joey Tribbiani, this is hot dummy character, yep. and this gentleman has played something sort of like that. Okay. In in a role uh, from New Girl, he played Schmidt. Nice. We've got Max Greenfield in there as Joey Tribbiani. Love that. So you just kind of transplant him in there and be like, I don't know, you're Joey. And he's like, okay, <laughs> do I just do Schmidt? And they're like, fuck, I don't care. <laughs> sure. You're just like the dumb idiot weirdo <laughs> guy that like just you're, you're trying to be an actor. And he's like, what's my what's my direction? They're like, I don't know, money. Actor. You, actor. You're actor. <laughs> you actor. Just no direction whatsoever. <laughs> he just stands around half the scenes, you know. Yeah, like I wooden can see delivery it. of of 
bad dialogue. Oh, man. This hurts. <laughs> but, Chandler, I thought we were going to watch Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> also just counting the coins. <laughs> just counting the ducats, yeah. <laughs> then we've got Chandler. Okay. Chandler Bing. Uh-huh. Worst fucking last name ever. Uh, and, of course, wanted awkward, weirdo kind of mm-hmm. character. And this dude definitely comes off like a little bit, like slightly neurotic to the point of almost unhinged on some of the stuff he does. Mm-hmm. And I love him. I think he's very funny. He's way more like cool and extroverted than he is in the characters that he plays. But for Chandler Bing from Silicon Valley and those Verizon commercials, uh, Thomas Middleditch. Wow. As Chandler Bing. Wow, wow, wow. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. you've got Schmidt from New Girl and Thomas Middleditch wow. <laughs> from Silicon Valley just palling it up <laughs> sure just of course hang out just two big old fucking weirdos oh man I'm and that's so like, uncomfortable both of them are so not grounded as characters yeah. that it's just gonna be like too much yeah it's gonna be too fucking much oh i'm so uncomfortable and then finally we've got uh phoebe buffet mm-hmm. and phoebe i don't think friends really knew what to do with phoebe half the they time they did not they were like she was like the the insert here where she was like new agey but then she was like a masseuse uh, but then she was like a musician, that, but she was bad at all of it. But she had like and, an extremely fucked up and traumatic childhood that she was like totally pretty much fine about. Yeah, totally like, fine with. Not a lot of issues with that. Didn't she like find her brother at some point or something? Yeah. Wasn't that a thing? Okay. So I'm going to have it approached the same way by the executives of them being like, I don't fucking know. Cast a blonde girl. Right, exactly. In the, in the role. cast a blonde girl. And so... For me, anyway, a blonde girl from sitcoms that is of no consequence whatsoever, as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned, is Beth Bears, who is uh, one of the two broke girls and two broke girls. What, the not Cat Dennings one? The not Cat Dennings <laughs> one. I don't even know what her character name is. Not She's like a, a non-event to me. Yeah. And, I, and you know what? I have uh, know nothing about the actress. I'm not trying to shit on the actual actress. Right. Just <laughs> the... I'm unfortunate, probably pigeonhole that has happened with this actress yeah. where she is put into this role as like dumb blonde girl. Right. In 2020, still playing dumb blonde girl. Right. It's She's just, like making blonde jokes and stuff all the time. Oh my God. I, yeah. That's going to be the whole thing. It's like, I would, I would lose my head if it wasn't attached to my head. Ah, <laughs> oh God. Just fucking the worst. So I decided to go with an actress that's already just fucking dealing with that shit already yeah it's like you know what fuck it yeah it's fine i'll get another fucking malibu beach house out of this shit right honestly and uh then of course it's the most god-awful thing that's ever happened on television and then all the executives blame the showrunner Mm -hmm. for not being able to do it right or the actors Mm -hmm. were you know they didn't like give it their all and really at the end of the day it was them not knowing actually how to put things together like that yeah leave it to the fucking creatives so wow yeah that is a very weird take i love it yeah (laughs) i never would have thought to do that that was incredible just yeah coke binge executive and emotionally broken showrunner that Mm -hmm. is just realizes that they have officially like sold out yep their entire morality to wow yeah amazing so so that's where we're at that's where we're at we do have one mashup idea that is definitely going to be a challenge yeah. Uh, for for our uh, our mashup part of this, um, from Adgrod RVA, uh, local podcast from the area, and uh, and band, I believe, as well, they suggested Shutter Island <laughs> Jesus Christ. to be mashed up with 
the only thing I can think is that like, and okay, spoilers, I guess, for Shutter Island from like, <laughs> yeah. was it 2012? Yeah. I think the movie came out. That a lot of it is like fantasy, like mm-hmm. a fantasy role that people are playing. So mm-hmm. I guess the fact that this person has friends, so you could have like maybe Ross mm-hmm. as being like a weird Leonardo psycho. DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio character where he thinks that there's this like unspoken love interest with his sister's like best friend oh, yeah. thing and he's got like buddies like Chandler mm-hmm. and Joey the friends across the hall from his sister's place mm-hmm. and it's weird how like everything is focused around his sister in his fantasy oh no and so then it's like as the show progresses you start to realize that like not everybody is behaving the way that they would mm-hmm. and it seems even though everything's focused around where Monica lives who's r- friends with Monica who lives across the hall from Monica she doesn't seem to be the focus of people's actions it seems to be ross that's the focus of people's actions and then it starts to go into this weird twisted like alternate reality like psychotic break like fever dream okay what happened to monica i'm like extremely invested now he he murdered monica okay yeah that's what i Yeah, he murdered his sister Mm -hmm. and and so that's why like he created this environment of her having such a rich life with all these friends and all these people that care about her and he's like almost projecting it for her who doesn't exist anymore. And then he's living in that fantasy. Wow. 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 I can't top that. Okay. That's, yep. That is I, it. That's, I how did you, that's how you do it. I did something with it. That yeah, is how so, you do it. So that's how you shutter Island friends. Yep. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, that, that was the mental gymnastics and it was incredible to watch. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have any other shows that you think would be an in- interesting mashup with, uh, um, well, my, uh, like, dark remix, I feel like is kind of a mashup with Dexter. Okay. Um, especially with, like, the sister-brother thing. Sure. Um, so that is what came to mind for me, is that it kind of is in the same vein. Okay. Um, and hopefully doesn't end as badly. <laughs> Fair. What, you don't want, like, a hurricane uh, to be, nope. like, a plot point, a plot device nope. in the final Will episode? I ever be able to have a conversation about Dexter without talking about how god-awful the ending was? Because I don't think no. so. Mm-mm. No. It's impossible. Uh, unfortunately. I it, know. Yeah. It should have ended after the Trinity Killer. That's, that's, yeah. that's where it peaked. Just leave it open-ended like that, where he's just like holding his dead wife. <laughs> Spoilers for season <laughs> I'm, I'm three of Dexter <laughs> four. Four, I think. <laughs> started to spoil that an from angry like email. 2006. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So um, I, one mashup that I thought of, and mm-hmm. oh man, talk about commentary about like white privilege, is that you mash it up with living single. Mm-hmm where the friends move into a tenement building that the people in Living Single are living in. Mm -hmm. And then it's a whole conversation about gentrification of the neighborhood and the friends that are just these aloof, fucking privileged white people that have like, you know, the the apartments are one by one being like renovated to be like modern lofts and Mm -hmm. shit. And so just the difference between the apartments is that like the new apartments are actually being like taken care of regularly and like dealt with where all the other apartments like water's not working yep. and it's this whole like trying to force out Whew. um, and to get like the hip, you know, uh, affluent crowd to d- go into the building. Yeah. And then you have, I don't know, Queen Latifah murder them, I think yes. at the end of the series. Love that. Yeah. I would watch that. I would watch that. I would be rooting for the Queen Latifah and crew for 100%. sure. 100%. So I think that's uh, 
yeah, that's about what we got as far as our versions of it. I think we've yeah. made some real leeway here. We've made some choices. In the universe we've done of Friends. Some stuff. And uh, now on to the trailers. Now, I think I am definitely going to do my my real take because yeah. like the Chuck Lorre one. No, you know what? I am going to do the Chuck Lorre one because okay. it's just so fucking bonkers. It is. I think the worse that I do with the trailer, the more it's actually going to fit the nature of that. Perfect. Re- uh, reboot. Yes. So uh, which version are you going to do? I'm going to do the dark one. Why not? Okay, cool. Let's get the music cued. All right. Are we really surprised? That Ross is a serial killer, <laughs> played by Bill Hader in a Bill Hader production. If you enjoyed Barry, just you wait because Friends is back, and it's creepier and more diverse than ever. <laughs> Guess what? Kristen Bell is in it. America's sweetheart. Aren't you so excited to watch an entire show starring Kristen Bell? I know I am. That's why I'm going to tune in. Also, Cynthia Erivo, Penn Badgley, Jordan Peele, and Sarah Paulson are in it, but we're really here for Kristen Bell. Wowie, what a gem. I can't wait to watch her every Thursday on Friends. Yay! Can't wait for a full series starring Kristen Bell. That's that's incredible. I'm I'm so excited about this. My evil trailer. <laughs> Speaking of evil trailer, this is going to be just full nonsense. So Can't here we go. Wait. Here we go. All right. I'm ready. From the person that brought you Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory, Mom, and Young Sheldon, and an executive that has a $24,000 a week cocaine habit, comes a reboot of one of your favorite 90s sitcom properties, Friends. This time, we're shoving it like as much as you shove french fries down your fucking throat as you watch must-see TV with all the big hitters from sitcoms around the globe. We're talking Crazy Ex-Girlfriends, Rachel Bloom. We've got Big Bang Theory's Johnny Galecki. We've got America Ferrera because fuck it, diversity. Uh, we've got Max Greenfield from New Girl as Joey Tribbiani. Shamma Bing played by Silicon Valley sweetheart Thomas Middleditch. And Beth Bears, one of two broke girls as Phoebe Buffay. This fall, the new lineup on NBC is there. <laughs> oh, wow. Right after the all-animal-played version of Seinfeld <laughs> at 8. Definitely tuning in for that. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Jerry's like a Sharpay, like George is a chimpanzee. Like, I love it. Yeah, that that's, sounds that's amazing. The next one we do is pitching an all-animal Seinfeld cast. Yeah, <laughs> Should have done that instead of this. Yeah, right. <laughs> amazing, honestly. All right, so that is our uh, take on Friends. I think we brought up some pretty well-discussed already yeah, conversations yeah, about some of the not problematic as some shows have been in the past, but it is definitely something that kind of shows how tone deaf Mm -hmm. you know some of these earlier sitcoms could be definitely and so yeah i I really look forward to shows like happy endings Mm -hmm. um being able to share that dynamic that format that friends had about you know just friends young young and and professional guys and gals just doing friend things well and a lot of the shows that we mentioned tonight are 
really good examples like Insecure, Master of None, about the same kind of like growing pains of mm-hmm. adulthood that have been done in a really smart, non-girls-esque way. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there's plenty of things that you can, you know, tune into that are actually good examples if we don't get our incredible reboots off the ground. Right. So look, Friends is a product of its time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got its problems. And yeah, that should be something that's discussed. But sure. if you want to watch old episodes of Friends, it's fine. Let people have their fluff. Let people have their fluff. It Yeah, is it problematic? Sure. Mm-hmm. But it is also of an era where we have grown as a society a little bit. That's part of the conversation that's happening across the country right now. Yeah, absolutely. Better representation and better, I you know, a better, better identity and understanding of different cultures. Mm-hmm. And so... That is happening. So oh, if, absolutely. If you want to kick back and watch, I don't know, a, a paleontologist with a pet monkey that likes a, a girl <laughs> that is like a debutante type right. who's friends with a sister who's a chef. <laughs> Discuss the whole plot. And they all like Hootie and the Bowfish. <laughs> Woo! That was one episode. One you episode. love that one. I fucking hate that episode. Because <laughs> you wanted Hootie to be on there. No, because no one made out with Hootie. They made out with Blowfish. It's bullshit. Well, maybe Hootie was married or something. Maybe. Maybe he was just being faithful and he couldn't be swayed by the temptresses, Monica and Rachel. <laughs> yes, the temptresses, Monica and Rachel. But in that same conversation about like comfort food TV, um, got to give a quick shout out. Um, my friend Bree helped me a lot with my casting because Friends is her comfort food TV show. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anything that was like good casting that I did, that was her. <laughs> anything <Okay>. <laughs> that was pretty shitty casting, all me, baby. <laughs> there we go. All me all day. It's so, good to have thank a, you, a bar that you can actually get over. You exactly. Know? Like, I'm looking for mediocre at best. <laughs> pretty, with our powers combined, with her great choices and my shitty choices, we came up with a mediocre cast like list a solid for the ages. C. Yeah. Yeah. It was a C plus, I'm thinking. Speaking of C's and C pluses, you should also check out the other shows on the Geeks Under the Influence Network. Yeah. yeah for, for all your <laughs> mediocre uh, podcast needs, we've got a bunch of shows in the network at com. The two of us actually have a show together called Deeply Upsetting. We do. It's a wild ride. We're uh, releasing, well, probably every other week is what we're trying to aim Mm -hmm. for. Um, That should be releasing on Thursdays most Mm -hmm. uh, or every other week. And definitely check out uh, more episodes of Smack My Pitch Up in the future. Let us know what you liked on episodes before. Who would you cast as the cast of Friends? I'm going to be throwing a little social media thing out i threw one out for smack and pitch up with the goonies cast yes i think i'm gonna do that with friends as well oh that's fun uh, yeah. along with this episode so you can kind of tell us who you think should be cast as these uh characters if and more likely when the power hungry cocaine addled yeah. executives get their hands on the property so very true until then and until our next episode i'm mike the hobbit thank you so much for listening and you just got pitch smacks GUIPodcast.com My name is Amy Bogard. And I'm Mike the Hobbit. And we are the hosts of Deeply Upsetting, where we use our expertise to answer your most upsetting hypothetical quandaries, such as what non-wigged animal deserves wings? And what body part deserves a secret mouth? Which cryptid is the worst roommate? These questions and more that plague you will be answered on Deeply Upsetting, available anywhere you get your podcasts and at GUIPodcast.com.